This podcast is part of the Zeo to Hero Podcast Network. AvenuePodcast.net. Hello, all my beautiful people. It's time for another fun episode of If You Give a Data Podcast, and I believe you guys are going to find this one as a real treat today. I have on with me a Texas based wrestler. He is known as the Bear Fighter and as Vladimir Putin's least favorite wrestler. We talk about that a little bit in this episode to find out where he got that moniker from. And I am talking about Dmitry Alexandrov. He is a lot of fun to talk with. We talk about the death matches that he has. Um, we also talk about maybe some of his influences in his character, things like that. We talk about Pokemon. We talk about retro video gaming. We have all kinds of great conversation in this episode. And I believe you guys are going to thoroughly enjoy this. And for those of you who are here just to hear the Dmitry Alexandrov episode, welcome. I hope that you enjoy what you hear, and I hope that you stick around and listen to some of the other great episodes I have here as well. So, if you guys are as excited as I am, then let's get this show on the road. If you give a dad a podcast. Hey, Dad. So where did you actually train at? I made a really good career out of being able to bump, sell, and I had to punch me face. I wasn't about to call you Dad, so... (laughs) Seriously? I felt like I was in an anime or something. People get really mad at those videos for some reason. Like, it triggers certain people. Yeah. Wow. I was actually lost as an infant, and I was taken in by a traveling group of independent wrestlers. I love it. I'm excited for this one. Bro! Get punched in the face all the daily. Do you always do these interviews with your shirt off? (laughs) What? Man, this guy won't shut up. 3S360 Moment Video Booth. What it is, is it's something unique. It's not like a regular photo booth. You can put these at any event, whether it be a large one or a small one, and people can make their own videos. What you do is you stand on this platform, and there's a camera that goes all the way around you. You can have people on there with you to do goofy poses or whatever it is. But what it does is it makes these events memorable. We all know that we want to make memories when we do this. We take pictures, we take videos. So what this does is it helps you to make a very unique experience. And the cool thing is, is when you have this device there, it is immediately shareable to your own devices. So reach out to 3S360 Moments Video Booth today to get them at your next big event. You can reach them at 3S360 Moments Photo Booth at gmail.com. I will have the email address in my show notes, but to make those events memorable, to have that unique experience, get them out there today. All right, everybody, this is going to be a lot of fun. It's a guy that uh, I have started talking to over Facebook and I asked him to come on the show. I think it was more towards the first of the year. And then I finally was able to get back with him and get him on the show. He is known as the saint of St. Petersburg. Vladimir Putin's least favorite wrestler, which I'm going to ask him about that one. Uh, he's wrestled for all different kinds of places like uh, Wrestle Rave, Inspire AD, uh, Metroplex, WFC, and many other places. And the guy that I'm talking about is Dmitry Alexandrov. Man, how are you doing today? Man, I'm doing great. Thank you for having me on. I really appreciate it. Yeah, it's, uh, it, it. you know, I've been looking forward to this for quite a while. 
I've been following, you know, the stuff that you do online and everything like that. So, you know, whenever I reached out to you, it, it, it always uh, excites me whenever somebody's like, yeah, I want to come on the show. So I'm glad you're here. Yeah, it's, it's uh, I see what you're doing. It looks really cool. And I'm, I'm glad I get to be a part of it now, man. <laughs> so it was funny. Uh, after we kind of set this up and I, I sent the, you this in a message, um, oh, yeah. apparently in Russia now I am in the top. Um, I, I think right now I'm setting at number 65 for comedy interviews in Russia oh on Apple podcasts. So I thought that was really funny, you know, that after we had this scheduled that all of a sudden it's like, oh, well, you know, now I'm uh, people listening to me there. <laughs> uh, hi, guys. Privet. <laughs> it's nice to nice to talk to them yeah so uh, are, are you are you actually from uh russia i i am actually first generation american first generation uh, american okay yeah both my parents were uh born in uh, russia and ukraine okay all right so d- were, were you born here or did you immigrate to here i was born here actually you were born here okay yeah I no. just have the this weird mutant accent from uh, having a lot of uh, foreign <laughs> relatives. So <laughs> that's all right, man. You know, I mean, you're kind of a a melting pot of where you come from. I mean, yeah, exactly. Uh, I was talking to one of your friends. We were talking about this a second ago, Duke Cornell, and uh, you know, he was talking about how his wife is from New England, you know, and he's from you know uh, the Midwest, and he travels all around. So his kids are going to have like this really weird accent because it's oh. going to be a mixture <laughs> of the new England accent and all of his different stuff that he's picked up. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah, no, that's, that's going to be one of those uh, fun ones to listen to one day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all sorts of dialect in that one. Yes. Th- they'll sound very cultured. Yeah. Yes. That's a good way to call it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll just kind of jump right into this and everything. Um, how did you actually get into wrestling? So I, uh, Actually, starting wrestling, to go back a little bit here, uh-huh. uh, I, I I was always a fan as a kid. I mm-hmm. actually discovered wrestling at the age of four because I had older siblings who used to uh, tape all the Saturday morning shows. Mm-hmm. And what they would do is they would tape the Saturday morning cartoons that came on <laughs> uh, at the <laughs> USA Network. Yeah. And uh, I used to watch a lot of G.I. Joe and the real Ghostbusters. But, like, I love G.I. Joe. Uh, I was really obsessed with Sergeant Slaughter. Had okay. no idea he's a real human being. Um, just <laughs> thought he was a really cool character. Yeah. But you see, they would record the USA Network, and after the cartoons were done, they would have superstars on at, uh, I think, about like noon. But there would be the commercials left on these uh, tapings they do. And at one of the tapings, they had one for superstars. And I'm like, what is this? And it ends with a you know live-action Sergeant Slaughter saying, uh, tune in there, and that's in order. And my four-year-old mind <laughs> literally exploded because I didn't know cartoons could be real people. So then I go and watch it, and I'm like, oh, this is like a fighting video game, but real life. Yeah. Let me see what else I can find. <laughs> and uh, my parents, you know, obviously being foreign, they had satellite at the time because my dad's job. And uh-huh. so every Sunday we get this giant TV guide that would just come in the mail. This is like early 90s, you know. Yeah. And I would scroll through and look for like what we ever had, ever had the word wrestling. And there was a, uh, a I want to say the Dutch channel that uh-huh. had New Japan Pro Wrestling. Now, I'm four, and I turn oh, wow. this on, and the first thing I see is Jushin Thunderlager. So I'm like, oh, this is the show where superheroes fight each other. And then I just started watching that until my parents 
you know, got rid of uh, satellite, but then I found WCW on cable. So it was like, it just kind of spiraled in that. And I was, I became a super fan, you know, like uh -huh. I tried to watch everything and I'm like a 10 year old kid trying to do tape trading and shit like that. <laughs> <laughs> and, it's, and it's, it's pretty wild to think cause like my parents would like, uh, it's like, you know, early internet. They're like, we're paying this guy from another country money to give you a videotape. What is right. going to be on it? I'm like, no, it's, it's wrestling. Don't worry. Don't worry. It's safe. <laughs> uh, it's but not then, something creepy. 90s weren't as creepy as maybe the 2000s became with stuff, but um, so 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 then uh, flash forward, I go through college and everything. Uh, I get a, a, an office job and I'm sitting there, and I realize one day I'm absolutely miserable. Yeah. I, I am just doing this thing, and I I'm listening to like wrestling podcasts at that time and watching stuff. Still, I'm like, I'm actually gonna try this. Yeah, and and then I went and I found a school, and it was like. You know, my first experience with school was a little, eh, it was a little whatever. But then, uh, thankfully, I, I found the guys at uh, Harley Races, and uh, Brian Breaker was the guy who saw me getting kind of uh, carnied a little bit by uh, another company, and okay. he took me under his wing and he started training me, and it was uh, it was the best thing that ever happened to me, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, he's another one that um, you know, I he's a busy guy, uh, Brian Breaker and stuff. Yes. So you know, I've actually uh, talked to him about maybe trying to get him on this podcast too. Great guy, and uh, yeah, he is. And uh, but the last time I tried to get him on here last minute, he was like, um, "I'm not going to be able to because he had something come up," you know. But that is one guy that I really would love to have on here because I know he has his own podcast too, right? Yes, yes, he's had actually uh, one or two now at this point. Oh wow, yeah, yeah, so. yeah. He. He's a busy guy. Loves he loves the podcast. I've I've been on a few of his uh, podcasts over the years. Okay, uh, great guy. I I can't say enough about him. Uh, underrated wrestler. A lot of people. Yeah. Um. I mean, obviously he did the Noah in the New Japan, and then he was in NXT for a a year. But right. like that guy deserves the world. Just yeah. I I can't say enough nice things about him. Yeah. Well, it was um Alex Royal is the one who kind of was like, hey, talk to this guy you know, and, you know, look him up. So uh, Alex is the reason why I was actually able Heck to yeah. find, uh, you know, uh, Brian Breaker and stuff. So Alex also a good guy. Yeah, he is. Yeah. He's uh he's a lot of fun to talk to. I've had oh, him yeah. on the podcast. Uh, actually it wasn't too far from around this time last year. I think he might've been my new year's episode or something oh, wow. like that. And then, uh, yeah, I had thrash on for my Christmas episode. Hey, good old thrash. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So, uh, you know, I've kind of made my rounds at everything when it comes to a lot of the guys in like Oklahoma and Texas and everything. And sure, you know, yeah. it's a, uh, this is a lot of fun. I, I love doing this and uh, yeah, sorry. I'm get, kind of getting off topic here, but no, you know. you're great, dude. No worries. <laughs> so you said you're uh, first generation. So I'm guessing uh, growing up, you probably spoke a lot of uh, Russian in your home and stuff. So I'm, was that your first language that you learned? Um, so my parents, it's kind of strange. My parents, I called, they're Cold War babies. Okay. Um, definitely don't like to be outwardly, uh, outwardly, you know, Russian because of how they were raised. Yeah. Okay. I got um, you. Yeah. So it was spoke more from my mother's side of the family, which is the Alexandrovs. Okay. Um, they, more my culture, I, I would say I learned from them than my own parents at times, uh, -huh. uh just because of, it's, it's kind of a black sheep and the thing, you know, how it yeah. goes. But uh, no, it was it was it's, I would say it's the second language I learned. My parents still try to teach me English first, <laughs> but then I, I talked to my uncle and he would just be like, "No, no, you're gonna learn 
the language of our people. And I always, <laughs> I love my uncle Ivan. He was great. Uh, but that man, I swear, he just, he was so stubborn with my parents. Like, no, he's going to learn our heritage. Don't worry about it. <laughs> well, uh, well, I mean, that's a good thing though, too. You yeah, know, yeah. Being able to to learn all those things about where you came from and all that. Yes, I have, I have a brother who uh, did all of our genealogy and stuff like that. So, you know, I've been able to learn a lot about from my past and everything. So I think that's very important. Yes, I agree. I highly agree on that. It's, it's, it can be a little frustrating sometimes with my family, but uh, yeah, I, I love them to death, no matter what. <laughs> Family's family, man. Yeah, absolutely. So what do your parents think about you doing the wrestling? Oh my God. <laughs> uh, my tiny mother. So I, when I step into the, I don't know if you've seen, I obviously I'll do some death matches here and there. Yes. Uh, I call it the sorry mom treatment. If she sees a picture of me uh, bleeding online or anything, she, I immediately yeah. get a phone call from her. She, <laughs> and she loves to swear at me. She's this, t- this tiny little Russian woman. And she just loves to get so mad at me for doing this. And she's like, is this your real blood? I'm like, no mom, it's, it's fake. What are you talking about? Absolutely. <laughs> It's all capsules. Don't worry about it. <laughs> it, it. And then, of course, my father has the has the a different approach to it. All he cares is if I win or not. So he'll he'll sometimes say like, "Hey, did you win?" And that's <laughs> I'm like, "Dad, it's 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 wrestling." It's like, "No, did you win though?" I'm like, "Oh, okay, yeah, yes, Dad, I won all the matches. Don't worry about it." <laughs> that's why I have all these belts. Yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> But so, uh, no. yeah, they're uh, they're fun. They're fun about it. Let's just say that. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. At least you know they're they're open minded to it and stuff. You know, to where you're. It took able a little bit, but they got there. They got there. Yeah. Well, I know you you were saying that you know they weren't very open on the side of being uh, being openly Russian, and right. uh, because of where they come from and everything. What about when it came to like your character? Because like I said at the beginning, uh, one of your things is is Vladimir Putin's least favorite wrestler. Oh yeah, you know, so you kind of lean heavily into that. And yes, uh, uh, were they like, "What are you doing?" Whenever you came out with this, or were they very supportive of that? Um, it, it's 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 funny because like my mother was at first like, "Oh, you're doing this," and I was like, "Yeah," and and <laughs> she was she was at first like, "Oh, you're going to feed into a stereotype." But uh, if you've noticed my work, I actually uh, am heavily babyface everywhere. Yes. And it's a uh, it's something I pride myself in originally uh, was trying to do a different take on my heritage uh-huh. and trying to do something that was less stereotypical. Yeah. Because, um, I don't know, a lot of the time it was just like a passionate thing for me to be like, I, I don't want to hide my culture. I don't want to hide who I am. Right. I also don't want to feed into the... Uh, oh, it's Hammer and Sickle. It's the Iron Curtain. It's Rocky Four, you yeah. know. <laughs> and then, of course, uh, where the moniker of Vladimir Putin's least favorite wrestler came from was in 2019. I uh, picked a fight with the Kremlin on oh. Twitter, uh-huh. and uh, I was blocked by them. Oh, so wow. I started doing that <laughs> back in 2019, <laughs> where I picked a fight with them online. Deleted my tweet, blocked me. I am still blocked from the Kremlin to this day. So I, I love to just use that moniker now because they always like to tell them on uh, Twitter. They're like, oh, we're the voice of the Russian president. So I'm like, okay, well, if you're the voice, then I guess I'm the, the least favorite wrestler because you, you blocked me. I don't know how many other wrestlers can say they're blocked by a world leader, but, you know, <laughs> here we go. Oh, that's great, man. I mean, th- the best parts about uh, characters and stuff like that is the real parts of it, you know? And yeah, so yeah. That's that's really funny that you're able to legit say that. Yeah, he don't like me. <laughs> oh, yeah. 
Yeah, no, no. And of course, uh, well, my family actually moved to Ukraine. Of my uh, mother's side, moved to Ukraine in uh, uh-huh. 2017 to escape it. And obviously, oh. the past year has been a little bit of chaotic for my family. Yeah, I can imagine that. Uh, yeah, a lot of displacement at this point. So yeah, hopefully everybody's doing well. Everyone is fine, minus the cousin who actually uh, was injured and uh, lost part of his leg. Oh wow! Yes. Uh, yeah, that's a fun one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> kind of jumping back into you know we we're talking about your character and things like that. Who would you yeah. say were some of your inspirations when it comes to like your character? But in the character, I actually a lot of things. It's kind of funny. It comes from like both my uh, I, I mentioned him earlier. My uncle, my uncle uh-huh. Ivan, is a man who I looked up to. Yeah, uh, probably one of my favorite fan members. He actually passed away the about a month after I started training to be a wrestler. Mm. Um. Uh, he had lived through a lot of things, yeah, um, including going through gulags and you know oh, wow. World War II and everything. And it's just like his determination and how he like handles life was yeah. just like kind of a motivation for my own character. Yeah, very much a uh, a guy with a. <laughs> I mean, he's got had some he had some very strong opinions about the Soviet Union, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> um, which I kind of used as like like that was part of like the character I'll use that you know and then on a lighter note I also used like aspects of like well I was I was big on uh I don't know if you played Street Fighter Zangief was a character yeah. I always like to emulate as well who I already <laughs> liked as a young kid I liked him anyway because he was the Russian character but then right. I like I was like okay I'm gonna do like pile drivers and lariats just because of him you know and it was just kind of like fusing my uncle Ivan with uh Zangief from Street Fighter that's kind of where it came down to <laughs> Oh, that's great. You know, uh, it, it, it's funny. I love asking that question because you always get these super unique answers from people Heck on, yeah. uh, you know, where they get that from. But on the flip side of that, what about your in-ring style? Is there anybody in particular in wrestling that you got your inspiration from? Uh, I would say uh, a lot of it was a lot of 90s Japanese wrestling. A lot of the guys gotcha. I liked, you know, yeah. um, it was the Kenta Kobashi's. Um, but then also you can go back further. I, Bruiser Brody was another guy. Okay. I really, yeah, I really was drawn to Bruiser. Yeah. Uh, and it's just him and Kobashi, and then like I really liked Liger as a kid, and that just kind of carried over. Yeah. You know. I I remember watching Liger because he did stuff with like WCW and all that as well. You yeah. know, whenever I was a kid, so yeah, I I remember watching him and thinking that was the coolest looking guy ever, you know? Yeah. So he's like a superhero. I thought he was so cool. He's like a power ranger. <laughs> yeah, <I> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and that's another big thing for me is power rangers. So Heck um, yeah. did you grow up watching power rangers? I am a power ranger kid. Uh, power rangers and Godzilla were my vices as a kid. So I, I love the big monsters and all that. So I'm that's definitely cool. a big fan of that. That's cool. Uh, I've actually joined some, uh, some groups and stuff. Uh, so not all my episodes are about um, wrestling. I actually have yeah. some that are like, you know, just like I've got friends that um, have their own comic book companies. I have friends that have their own podcasts that talk about um, they do like Power Ranger stories and things like that. So, you know, yeah, Power Rangers is something really big for me. I, I grew up with the original Power Rangers. Yeah, it's Mighty Morphin. Yeah, exactly. Heck yeah. Um, which one was your favorite? Uh, of the Rangers or, or the series? Let's go with both. Uh, I mean, I guess I'm a classic guy. It was, it's that, you know, 
up until they became turbo i really loved and that's the one i yeah. remember following the most as a kid yeah uh but uh, and then as a rangers you know everyone's gonna say like white or green ranger a lot of times but honestly the first one i liked as a kid was billy i always liked the all I right liked the blue ranger back in back in the day i always thought he i don't know maybe because the young kid i really liked blue yeah but uh i always liked <laughs> his little weapon because i remember getting uh i was the blue ranger for halloween one yeah. year and i had the little weapons and i thought that was always so cool i don't know <laughs> lance that he yeah, yeah. power lance yeah <laughs> make it come apart into two pieces i like that yeah exactly yeah well, for me, it was the Blue Ranger too, but it was because yeah. I wore I wore glasses, so it was like, oh, he wears glasses too, you know. And so <laughs> yeah. I was like, this is cool, you know. I can be a superhero while I wear glasses. So. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I love I loved I love Billy. I thought he was great. Yeah. Um. I, actually, I I collect Funkos and stuff like that now, and I have probably more Blue Ranger uh, toys and Funkos than I do any other Ranger. Oh heck yeah! Yeah, I love that. I love that. So, do you have any hobbies? Uh, my hobbies, uh, yeah, I, yeah, I do. I actually collect a lot of old uh, wrestling figures. Okay. Uh, yeah, I collect some old ones. I like to collect the. Uh, I, I'm such a Japanese guy. I collect a lot of the <laughs> Japanese figures. A yeah. Lot of the old uh, New Japan and Noah and All Japan guys. I like. I have a little shelf here. I'm looking right at them with some on them on there. Uh, that's cool. Uh, yeah, I like those guys. And of course, uh, I always said it. Love Godzilla. Yeah. I have a lot of Godzillas. I have. I, I go to uh, every year in Chicago. There's this thing called G Fest. G Fest. Big, okay. Oh yeah, it's a Godzilla convention, and oh they usually gosh. get a lot of names. Like they had Don Fry last year. Uh huh. Picture with him. Love that guy. That's um, cool. Yeah, and then like I get, we'll go there. Me and my wife will go there, and we'll uh, we'll we'll get some figures, and we'll have we have a little shelf in the living room that we've put them all on. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, man. It's it's big nerd stuff, but man, it's it's fun. It's a lot of fun. Oh yeah. Yeah, no, there's nothing wrong with that. My my wife kind of feeds into it too, you know. Yeah. Uh, but I have, so I actually do my podcast in my garage, and so I've got half of it is like she makes my merch and stuff for me. She has a little side business that she does beyond oh, nice. her actual job, and so half of our garage is her business, and the other half of the garage is like podcasting slash gaming area. Like I've got the TV set up all that cool stuff. And then I've got all my toys on like shelves and stuff out here. So, but you know, every year she's like, Oh, well, what do you want? And she always is the one who buys me the most of all these like different <laughs> ones that I've saved on Amazon or something like that. So the wish list, the wish list. You're like, okay, this is what I need. Right exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Yeah. I, I love gaming too. I grew up, you know, big on love, the old uh, NES and uh, 64 games was a lot yeah. of stuff I liked. SNES, SNES, not NES. Okay. But, uh, yeah, a lot of those. I love playing those old games all the time as much as I can. Yes. So uh, we, we've recently got a six. Well, not recently. I guess it was probably about a year ago. We got a sixty-four in our house again. Nice. And um, so hopefully my son doesn't listen to this episode, and particularly before Christmas. But uh, <laughs> we got him something pretty cool for that, um, and it has like all of the video games, like all three hundred and forty in. Oh. Uh, uh, uh 64 games on there so he'll be able to play all of them i have you ever heard of aliexpress i have actually they have something on there and it's like an emulator type thing that you can buy for your 64 and it has like all of the video games oh my god i didn't know that yeah that's, yeah. that's awesome I, i've yeah. always seen people do the little like uh 
Oh, what's it called? Is it called a Raspberry Pi? It's like a little all-in-one console thing people buy and they can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, I've seen those, and yeah. I've always like considered buying them because you can really trick those out to have. I think everything up to like yeah PlayStation Two era exactly. Anime. But like, it, it's it's crazy how emulation has become like this thing yeah. <laughs> that has just blown up in the last ten years or right. so. Like, because I remember like, I don't know, like like in middle school or high school, like putting emulators on on computers in like the library and playing it like i don't know <laughs> final fantasy 3 from on the on, on the super nintendo or something on there or something like that it's, yeah it's wild how much is like if you had told me you i could emulate the playstation up i would be like what you're you're yeah. kidding get out of here <laughs> exactly <laughs> i i remember I, they got rid of them um but whenever i first it wasn't too long after i got my first smartphone yeah. um they had a game boy emulator on there and so I was able yeah. to go play like the old uh, Pokemon games and stuff. Nice. Now I just own the old Pokemon games I've because I found my Game Boy from that I had growing up. Nice. So yeah, but um, I remember them coming out with those emulators on there, and then I've seen the ones I, I what do you call them? Raspberries? I think it's called like a Raspberry Pi. Is just okay. what they're called. I, I'm not sure if that's the right terminology. Someone's probably screaming right now in the comments. <laughs> um, that's I not feel it. like it's. A raspberry pie cherry pie. i don't know it's something it's okay. like a silly code name for it but yeah. uh you see those online and it it costs a bit to get the initial thing right but then obviously you're saving yeah I, where i don't know it it, it, it also comes back to the, like do you want to have digital media or physical media right and the more and more i get older the more i realize that i, I want the physicals copy and i yes. like to have something to yeah. hold and touch you know, it's it's different experience. I, I totally agree. And uh, it's something I've passed on to uh, my kids, awesome. my son in particular. So the the Nintendo 64, we bought specifically for him. He's been wanting to go back and get all of these old consoles. That's awesome. So, yeah. So out here, I've got, you know, the, the 360, I've got the PS3, and we have a GameCube out here. So, and then in the house, we have like... Um, a newer console we have the uh series s and then in his room he has the wii u and the 64 so um and then he's wanting other ones like he's asked for like a ds and all these other ones you know so i I think he's going to be the one that ends up collecting all of those and i'm just going to have to live vicariously through him (laughs) (laughs) i love that though that's awesome that he actually has that you know yeah everybody who who's who's gone out of the way to collect every handheld console and I oh, mean cool. every. So some of the weird ones, like the Jaguar, yeah, and the Engage. He has those. I'm like, oh he's, he's shown me his shelf of these weird. Like obviously you have like the the Game Boy Color, the old Game yeah. Boy Pocket. Yes, on, I, on that, that was the first one I got was the Game Boy Pocket. Yeah, yes, but then like he uh he's like he said the Engage. I look at that thing and I'm just like, look at this Game Boy that swallowed a phone. Look at this. <laughs> what am I looking at here? Well, do you remember the Game Gear for Sega? I do. I remember that thing ate a million batteries. Yeah. And I always wanted one. I thought they were the coolest thing ever. But uh, yeah, battery wise, and they didn't last very long either. No, I think it's like, is it, is it eight battery, eight double A's or something like that? It, it can't it, be. Yeah, it was either eight or six. I don't remember yeah, exactly. It was but definitely it was more than four. It was <laughs> yeah. definitely more than four. <laughs> yeah, and the Game Boy was only two. So, you know. Yeah, exactly. It's like, okay. Yeah. Let's do the math here. What's going to be better for my pocketbook? Exactly. <laughs> I remember uh, growing up, though, my mom, uh, where she worked at um, Ever Ready Batteries, which is um, Energizer they oh, okay. were, were there as well 
Like they shared an office with my mom, the people that my mom worked for. So every year at Christmas time, we got an actual like 10 by 10 inch square box full of batteries and flashlights every year while she was. So I remember growing up, I never had to worry about that. All my friends were griping about, Oh, my batteries are dying. I'm like, Oh, I just go and grab another pair, you know. <laughs> Must be hard. Anyway, yeah, allow me to go grab another pair of batteries. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I love that. But I did eventually uh, get the uh, the charger pack, you know. Yes. For it and everything, you know. I I remember the clear one that was the Game Boy one. It was like a clear charger, yeah, like translucent plastic. Yep. I just remember that one. <laughs> yeah, that one was great. Uh, I actually think that's the one I had. It was like mine was like a clear purple. Yes, you know, that's what it, I, I, yep. Yeah, because that's what was popular, you know, in the 90s was everything was see-through. <laughs> yeah. You, know, you wanted to be able to see how everything worked in there. So Absolutely. I, I had the uh, I had the original uh, N64 as a kid, but I remember friends who had the clear purple or the clear, yep. uh, I think it was the green was the green. other one? Yeah, green, yeah. Yeah, that was the other one. I remember those. There's actually a clear gray one, too. Oh, I didn't see. I, I didn't know that. I did not know that. Yeah, yeah. But I guess the clear purple one's one of the uh, most rare ones to find now. Oh, is it? Oh my yeah. god! So it's like called the clear grape or something like that. Oh, okay. Yeah. So if you get a hold of one of those, keep it. <laughs> <laughs> There's so many times you go back and you're like, man, I I wish knowing what I know now, I wish that I was like, hey, mom, can I get that? Hey, can I get yeah. that? <laughs> yeah. It's like. I imagine going back in time into your own body as a kid and being like, okay, I'm going to get everything that's now ridiculous in cost. (laughs) Yeah. Well, that's for me, there, there's one time in particular that I remember this and being a kid, you ever just want to go back and like kick yourself, you know, because all the time, you know, all the time. (laughs) Yeah. So um, I actually had a Mark McGuire rookie baseball card from whenever he played for the Oakland A's and I didn't know what it was because whenever I got it, it was before he became popular. Yeah. And I actually used it for the spokes on my bike to make it make that loud noise, you know? Oh, no. And then, you know, it's like, <laughs> wait a minute. Then, you know, that happened. I was like, Oh no. And the older I get, the more I'm like, you know what? I was pretty dumb. <laughs> <laughs> have, you haven't gone back and like looked at like the, the, the mint condition, what that costs now. Have you, have you, you like, no. go and see, hope it's going up more. Oh, yeah. here it goes up more. Yeah. I, I, I can't do that to myself because you know, I, it just make me way too sad. <laughs> I, uh, I, as a kid, I, I, I was terrible at, uh, trading when it came to like Pokemon cards. Yeah. I think I, I got shifted in a lot of deals. I hate to say, <laughs> um, I was too nice to my friends, but I, I, I did trade away a, uh, a first edition Charizard, that now goes for like i want to say it's like twelve hundred dollars and it's something i i'm pretty sure i traded away for like some things that now are like ten dollars maybe i just remember that i'm like oh no why did i do that (laughs) why did i do that (laughs) yeah Uh, i i wish that i still had burger king came out with those 24 gold plated pokemon cards whenever the first movie came out yeah the ones that came in like the ball right yeah and, yeah yeah uh, i had all of those and i don't know what happened to them i guess as i got older it's like i'm too old for this now i don't need that you know, and just got rid of them <laughs> so <sighs> i i think i have one or two of those somewhere and i i i, I might have done the same thing i don't know <laughs> yeah <laughs> 
hindsight is 2020. So yeah, exactly. <laughs> so this is one I have an actual testimonial for myself. I've used this company to get a custom gift made for my wife. If you're looking for a handmade custom gift or something that's laser engraved or just something that's one of a kind that says, Hey, I care. Then go to 3S Productions. They even make military and sports themes gifts as well. It is a veteran-owned and operated family business. Hit them up on their Instagram page, and that's at 3S Productions. I will have a link to them in my show notes when it comes to laser engraving or any type of woodworking. Go to 3S Productions with a Z. And like I said, I'll have a link to them in my show notes. Hey, listener. This is a not paid for product placement for the Zero to Hero podcast. What do you if mean? If you not definitely paid? like what you're listening to now, come on over to the, the Zero to Hero podcast. Lights on, just anywhere you want to be able to find your podcast at trash bills, like dude. Apple Podcasts, week, Spotify, Amazon Podcasts, and Google Podcasts, which is still a little weird. For the two next two weeks. Come on over and enjoy yourself and listen to Billy and myself bicker, argue. And well, fight about a lot of things as we are the Balkan School of Podcasting. How the hell am I going to Good luck out there and welcome back to the show. So, kind of going back into stuff here. um, Sure, sure. Did you prefer to do you prefer to be a heel or a face? I actually do prefer to be a bay face. You do. Uh, I I think it is, this is going to sound really weird, but I think it is easier to be hated than liked. Yes. And yeah. especially with uh, my ethnicity, I think it is much uh, – I almost think of it as like a challenge to make the crowd cheer for me. I got um, you. Especially when I go somewhere new. And yeah. And it's like – I don't know. I, I think one of the funniest times I ever did it was I worked for a company up in Indiana uh-huh. um, called WWO. And what happened was I came out. I worked one of their heels. Uh, and they were really confused. They had no idea, you know, like, <laughs> okay. And then some guy started getting it. And he just stood up and he yelled, go foreign good guy. And <laughs> that right there was like a small victory in my head. Oh, that's great. <laughs> go foreign good guy. Because <laughs> my first time in this company, they they didn't know what to think of me at first. They're like, am I, am I chanting USA at this guy? Yeah. I, is, is this what I'm doing? And, they, and then they figured it out. And then they all figured it out at that point. Oh, my God. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, that's great. So yeah, I I think it's a I think it's more of a challenge, and I think it's 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 very easy to be a foreign heel, even in this yeah. day and age. It's yeah. really easy. So well, I always I'm, thought I always thought it was much you know much more of a a challenge I had to overtake you know to right. be a, a baby face. Right. I, I and you know that I I respect that that you know you you're putting a challenge before you. I know in recent years even you know like with uh, Rusev. You right. know, and Lana, they really leaned into that, you know. Oh, absolutely. And they've done that f- with multiple different people before, too. But you taking that other route, I, I mean, that's that's awesome. If you can get those people to do what they're not, you know, it's almost like WWE and some of these other bigger companies kind of um, program you to believe first off, you know, that this is going to be the bad guy, you know? Yes. And so you being able to go into these companies and have them say, <laughs> say that, you know, is, uh, you know, that's commendable. I, that's, I can definitely respect that. Well, thank you. Thank you, man. Yeah. I, I, uh, I think, I take a lot of pride in it. It's, yeah. uh, it, it's like I said, it's, it's like this little personal victory at the little, at the end of the day, you know, I can be like, Hey, I'm, 
that good at being a baby face that I'm I'm getting past, I guess, a an inherent uh, handicap. Yeah, you know, if you will. Yeah, definitely. So, do you have a favorite opponent? Oh my god, it, it, it's changed every year, but there, I come down to I have five. If that's okay, that's totally I have fine. Five yeah. guys that I love to work, and okay. I've worked them multiple times. I would say uh, there's a guy named Luke Langley. Yes, uh, I have had probably my best match ever with Luke, which right now I'm trying to find the footage of. It's okay. actually been a struggle because it used to be hosted on a uh, a uh, MPX used to have their own network and. Uh-huh. We had it. It was a night that they really needed us to go long because everyone was really short. So we ended up wrestling for 48 minutes. Oh, wow. And that match, I think, is my best match ever. I, I That being said, I have not watched it in a while. And their <laughs> network all changed to a different site, and they've lost a lot of footage. Oh, no. But it's also been bundled together. So at this point, I'm like, there's a guy who can go through it all. I'm like, hey, man, can you just go through and see if you can find it? I mean, like, yeah. <laughs> I need that footage. I want to have that somewhere, you know? <laughs> Um, but Luke Langley, I'd say, is, is always number one, I think. And then yeah. uh, there's a guy named uh, Gary J. Okay. Uh, I've wrestled Gary uh, two or three times now. I just love wrestling him. I love picking his brain. The guy is really knowledgeable. He wrestles a lot up in uh, St. Louis and in uh, Texas. When he, he'll come down there. Great guy. Uh, another guy, I'd say, is uh, Wesley Crane. Yeah. Okay. Uh, he's uh, he's out of uh, Arkansas, Oklahoma area. I've wrestled yep. Wesley quite a few times now i love wrestling him he's a great friend but also just like we just gel really well together right and then i would say uh one that's kind of weird is a guy who i never thought i would his name is brawler morrison okay uh chris morrison I, he's gone by different few different names uh-huh. um he is just like this mean like he loves to be like the big ugly heel <laughs> but uh and he's just like he's a lot of meat and potatoes if you will as a wrestler just a lot yeah. of pounding you and stuff that right. being said uh we have just great chemistry just like fun matches where we just like beat the snot out of each other um i'm actually <laughs> about to wrestle him in uh wrestle rave actually in a few weeks they haven't announced it yet but they might oh, cool. have by the time this comes out <laughs> yeah <laughs> um, <laughs> uh but uh we're gonna have one and i think we're actually gonna do a death match together for the first time so we're gonna see how oh, that goes sweet. yeah yeah wow yeah those uh, guys those guys i'd say Okay, so I've uh, I've seen uh, Wesley Crane wrestle, and Luke Langley was my first interview on this podcast. Excellent, I love that guy yeah. so much. He's the reason why I um, decide. So I didn't know any. Sorry, listeners. Uh, you know this is uh, you've heard me say this a lot, but I'm just talking to you now, uh, Dimitri. And so, um, <laughs> my very first independent show. The main event was Luke Langley and Duke Cornell. Oh my God. Yeah. And I didn't know anything about independent wrestling at all at that point. You know, I didn't even know that there was any around my area. And uh, so I go there, watch the show, and they were the main event. I was like, all right, I need to know more about this. And uh, so that was my starting point. And I don't think I could have had a better, you know, start into this with seeing them wrestle you know i mean i there was other people that were on the card that were really good too um tim rockwell was there uh jason jones was at that show you know um johnny dynamite was wrestling at that show so i mean there was a lot of guys i've wrestled (laughs) yeah (laughs) so there are a lot of the ones that in fact i've had uh i'm pretty sure yeah i've had all the ones that i've named on this show 
So, you know, I mean, they, uh, but that was my start, you know, I mean, this is, that's the area. I mean, I'm in Northwest Arkansas, you know, so all of them kind of, they're in Oklahoma and Arkansas and all those different places. But um, yeah, Luke Langley's one of the best and I get to see him about once a month now because he wrestles with diamond state wrestling up here uh, in my neck. Oh, nice. Yeah. I've heard of that guys. I've heard of that company. Yeah. Yeah. With, uh, with, uh, oh my God, I can't think what is his name now? What is his name? Are you seriously? He used to wrestle as dusty gold, but now I think he's Xander Alexander. Xander now. Okay. He used to be dusty gold years ago. Yeah. First broken. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, so I, I do like a backstage correspondent for them. Oh, excellent. Okay. Yeah. It's funny starting out doing a podcast now, uh, you know, I'm actually kind of dipped my foot into the wrestling business with uh, Diamond State Wrestling. Nice. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I mean, it's kind of a dream. You know, I've loved wrestling ever since I was a little kid. So. And it's like, well, with this independent world, all right, I'm dipping my toes in. This sounds. Exactly. Like yeah. yeah. Awesome. <laughs> independent wrestling is great. I always tell people it's like, if you don't know about it and you've watched all the TV wrestling over the years, give it a shot because it's, yep. it, it will give you a different experience, but also one that you've been always wanting to see live yes you know, i always tell people it's bo- yeah. it's the best of both worlds something right. new but also something like this is familiar this is what i grew up loving you know and it's very different from going to an independent show live show and going to like a uh, big live show yes uh, the yes, feel is so that. much different you know and I, I to be honest i prefer the independent feel yeah i yeah. agree i think so i think at this point i grew up going to both i you know i used to uh uh, I used to go to a lot of independent shows when I was in my teenage years, and I thought, yeah. like, this is so much fun. Like, <laughs> this is so much fun. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, do you have a favorite match? My, uh, I guess if I can ever find it, it's me and Luke. You and uh, Luke. <laughs> yeah, you did say yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, me and Luke. To MP- I, I can look up the entire thing on Cage Match. Uh, <laughs> it's me and Luke at uh, MPX in 2021. Okay. Uh, I... I we did two matches that year, but there was a second one. Okay. That was after I had won the MPX championship that me and him, we just got the main event, the show, and they said, we need you to go really long because <laughs> everyone really short, which is, I don't know if you've been around enough to notice a lot of times wrestlers are more likely to go way over than yeah. short. Yeah. And everyone on this card went very, very short. Oh, wow. They, MPX loves to do a pretty solid two hour block right. of wrestling. Yeah, but when when it's like, hey, uh, we have seven matches and match at match six, it's uh, it's over and it's like nine ten. <laughs> we we really need you guys to stretch out that main event. <laughs> so, I mean, me and Luke just we worked each other a few times at that point already, and yeah. we just went in there and said, all right, let's give them one. And yeah. I, I I I need to watch the full thing now to see if it still holds up. But I think it is by far the best match I've ever had in my life. That's cool. Yeah. I, I love watching MPX. They put on a very good product, you know. Um, I, I just the way it looks and the stories that they have going on and everything. And I, I know quite a few people uh in MPX. So yeah, I I really love watching their product. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's it's, it's great what they do. Uh, you know, they they had they've had management change in the last year. Yeah. Uh from Stephen Kirby leaving, but I yep. think they're still doing very great things down there. Yeah. I, I Tony uh, Tony Snow uh, has hey uh, yeah. Tony Snow I, I did a phone interview with him years ago did you <laughs> really guy. yeah when he he did his uh, radio show okay yeah yeah I, yeah. I had him on and uh, he I I was aware of MPX 
you know, but I didn't know a lot about it. And then he, yeah. went, you need to watch it. You need to watch it. And so he was like, they're on Twitch, you know? So then I started watching it because of him telling me about it and uh, yeah, great stuff. And Tony's oh, a good yeah. guy too. Uh, he, that's an entertaining dude. For sure. I love Tony. He's great. Yeah. <laughs> oh, your, your wrestler's favorite DJ is what he used to call himself. I don't know if that's still a thing anymore, but that was uh, back when he had his radio show. Yeah. It's the only, it's the only podcast I've had to call into with a, with a landline. <laughs> so, uh, very funny. Oh, that's funny. Uh, so they actually have that option here on Zoom too. And oh, really? I didn't know that. Yeah. So that email that I that I sent you, yeah. actually has like a list of like twelve phone numbers that you can call. Oh my god, that. it does. I'm looking at it now. <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't even realize that until whenever I had Jason Jones on, and that's what he did is he called one of those phone numbers to talk to me. And I was like, oh, "Wow, this sounds weird." You know, and then it it showed his phone number on there instead of showing him. I was like, "Oh, okay." So, <laughs> oh, that's great. So you've been talking about death matches a little bit and everything. So yep. I, I know that's something that you do, the Texas death matches. And um, how did you get into that? Well, um, <laughs> I, I would say going back a little, I, I always did like you know, like I watched a lot of Japanese wrestling. Yes, that included a lot of the old FMW tapes. Okay. Um. Yeah. I, so it was just kind of like another aspect because I had, I, I was also a really big McFoley fan. Still am. Uh-huh. And I kind of dove into when they said, oh, he had this career in Japan. And that also kind of opened up a different door. I got you. Know, you. Aside from just like the cruiserweights and, and like the all Japan heavyweights, I started watching a lot of these FMW. And of course, that King of Death match you did with Terry Funk. Yes. That kind of opened a, a panel in my head. But when I went through, you know, training and everything and wrestling, I was like, I won't do that. It's maybe a hardcore, <laughs> but I won't do that. Yeah. One day I worked... Uh, it was it was a it was a night. Uh, they needed someone to wrestle a wrestler named Masada. Um, oh, okay. Oh yes, and uh, uh, they said, "Hey, uh, he his opponent canceled. You already worked on the pre-show. Do you want to work him uh, right for intermission?" And I was like, "Yeah." And it's like, "Okay, well, it's going to be kind of a hardcore match." And <laughs> well, I I did it, and it was definitely not a hardcore match. It was more of a it was much more of a death match. Oh, I, I, I took the skewers to the head. I don't know if you've uh, oh, seen I've the seen skewer that. thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it was the first time I ever did that, and I was like, that wasn't bad. Maybe, <laughs> I, and it kind of opened the door, and I was like, okay. Well, I didn't do anything for a while, and then they had a, a the first Texas Deathmatch Massacre was was held by a company called Heavy Metal Wrestling, which is no longer in effect, but it was also co uh, co headlined by a company Inspire AD. Okay. And they asked if I would uh, I would do another deathmatch in that. Uh-huh. And I, I was like, oh, right, sure, why not? And then, <laughs> I don't know. It, it, it turned into, hey, do this. Hey, you want to do this? Hey, we saw you do that one. Would you do this one? And it was yeah. like, oh, I don't hate this. I don't hate this. Uh-oh. And, but it's like, at the same time, I know a lot of guys can get really typecast into that. Right. And yeah. they only become that. But I was always like, hey, uh, I can't. I, I, I like doing this, but I don't want to just do this. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. That being said, I have I have two deathmatch titles right now, and <laughs> I, I I have made it a point though to take on a lot of bookings. Like I showed you that match I did recently with Brian Keith. Yes, uh, I I like to be known as a Swiss Army knife that I can do. Yeah, the the, the hardcore deathy match, you know, the glass and stuff. But I also want to say I can do. Look at this match here. We had a technical right. match, more of a hard hitting, you know, match. You know, uh, that was a great match style. too, by the way. Thank you, thank you. I, I'm really proud of that one. Yeah. Um. 
I, I guess that's fresh on my memory is one of the matches I really love. But like, yeah. I, I'd love to just show I can do both. But yeah. that being said, I think Deathmatch gives me a kind of a different kind of canvas to create, uh, create art with, you know, different, different aspects from wrestling. I like to try out in that. Yeah. But also, is this weird to say out loud? I think I honestly uh, feel worse after a really long normal match than I do a a, a death match. If really? Oh yeah. I I think like sure there's some cuts and stuff here and there, but like right. you truly bump less. You bump okay. a lot less in death matches than you'd realized. Yeah. Um. And then in the heart, like words like a like me and Brian Keith, you know, I took the tiger driver to the floor yeah, and, and uh, I take the big top rope exploder suplex and stuff like that, you know, and I'm like yep. the next day feeling like I was in a car crash. But then on that the week before I'm doing three death matches and I'm like, yeah, I feel great. Let's go to the gym. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, whenever you took the, uh, the move off the apron, yeah, and, the uh, tiger driver, yeah. The tiger driver, yes. And I, so I was at lunch at work uh, watching that, and I, I popped whenever that happened. And uh, I had a few people kind of give me like a weird look, wondering why I was like, oh my God. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> but I was uh, sorry, just, just doing my research here. <laughs> I'm researching, guys. Don't worry about exactly. it. Exactly. <laughs> Go about your business. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> So and, and I work in an office atmosphere for the most part, you know. Oh, nice, but, nice. You know, it's very much they're like, "What are you doing?" <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I love that. Sorry, sorry if I got you in a little trouble with that. Oh, then. <laughs> no, 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 not at all. Uh, in fact, my my boss is a pretty big wrestling fan, so whenever there's something that happens in you know AEW or WWE or something like that, I he's somebody I can go and talk to about it, you know. And so oh, that's nice. that's nice that I have somebody that kind of understands. And then I tell him, you know, whenever different wrestlers I'm going to have on, be like, oh, have you seen this video of this person? And so he's kind of like, this is really cool that you're doing that. You know, one day you're going to be big. And I was like, oh, thanks. You know, so that's awesome, man. That's yeah. cool to have a boss like that. A lot of it people is. can't say that. No, no. Uh, I, I actually am really lucky with this guy. So heck yeah. Going back into the, uh, I did want to talk about the uh, Brian Keith match and everything because that was after he had his AEW match, wasn't it? Yes, it is. It actually, uh, that was two weeks ago. Oh, okay. So that was very recent. Very recent, yes. Okay. Um, yeah, that the the ending though, you know, when you did the the burning hammer and everything, man, that was that was beautiful. <laughs> it's kind of funny because uh uh the promoter was actually the one who was like, You guys really love that uh all Japan wrestling, both of you guys. Yeah, big influence on both of you. Um, could you guys win in, in the match with that? <laughs> and we just kinda <laughs> looked at each other and we're like, you wanna? <laughs> I mean, we could. I mean, we were just like kind of talking, and then we're like, you know what? Let's fucking do it. <laughs> let's just do it, man. And then it was like, let's. I mean, it was definitely that moment. I think when I had him up there, he's like, "You got me, man, right?" I'm like, "Yeah, I got you. Don't worry." Because <laughs> I mean, that that move is infamous with a lot of like people are like, "Okay, am I getting dropped in my head?" I I, right. I, was like, I thought I did a a version that's much safer than others, but uh, I, I definitely want to take care of the guy who's getting looked at by another uh tv company right now <laughs> yes yes definitely now uh you guys did you put on a very good match there and uh that at the end i, I was like oh yeah that, that was executed beautifully so thank you thank you i was uh the first time i've ever done that so okay <laughs> probably the last <laughs> <laughs> i gotta i gotta tr treat the move like uh like it was treated in the 90s a big sh yeah. for sure finish you know <laughs> exactly uh i know even in, that's even more so prominent in like japan and stuff there are certain guys 
that have actually have a move that they've only used like five or six times total yep. in their entire career. And I love that. You know, it makes it they how do I want to put this with them doing things like that? It makes it more brings more value to it, you know, because Absolutely. then they're like, yeah. I had to resort to that move to win, you know, and yes. so it brings more importance to that win, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, exactly. I I'm in the same mindset with it. I, I, uh, I love doing, like, uh, like so. A lot of my moves, I I do the Emerald Flosion, yeah, um, a lot, and I do variations of it. Uh huh. And everyone's like, oh, what's your finish the Flosion, right? I'm like, well, yeah. I mean, like, what what does the match call for? Is it a, you know the top rope one? Is yeah. it the I I have very few I you know various versions of it, and I have like okay, this one no one really kicks out of. This is the one that you know, people can kick out of normally and then we can build up to the bigger one. Right. And it, it was like, when we did the burning hammer, it was like, okay, <laughs> obviously we, I have other ones I could do, but like, yeah, Brian's had me kick out of his big finish now twice. Right. Including one off the apron. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. like it, at this point, it does call for something even bigger than what I would normally do. Exactly. And that storytelling element in wrestling uh, that, a lot of Japanese wrestling does with, like you said, the move that's only used a few times. Yep. I I think that's such an underrated uh, storytelling method in yep. wrestling where you just like, I mean, people will always say like, well, that sounds like an anime. I'm like, okay, maybe a little bit. Like if they're super moved, they have to do, you know? <laughs> yeah. But like, it, it's still fun and it's a still fun aspect of wrestling, I think. Yeah, definitely. Well, I mean, that I, I've never thought of it like that, you know? It sounds like an anime. You know, I'm a big anime guy myself. But, you know, yeah, I, same. I, I, I a lot of Dragon Ball Z influence a lot yes. growing up, you know, and you and you think like, okay, you got to do the spirit bomb now, which he barely does, you <laughs> exactly. know, and that's kind of like, that's kind of the burning hammer, you know, yeah. a little bit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I I love they that that fits very well, you know. It's an anime ending, you know, so uh, yes, I, I like that. So there, um, I, I do want to talk about the death match stuff a little bit more. Yeah, um, sure. What is the scariest thing that's ever happened in a death match for you? The scariest thing that's ever happened is uh, so last year I did a death match tournament. Um, I, I now have a new least favorite stipulation. I'll just say that right now. Going into okay. this, um, it was a match that was a uh, fans at ringside got to have staple guns. What? Yes. Uh, so they originally told us it was going to be like plants. But then they actually let a few fans actually be there to to step. So so it's like they're they're lumberjacks. Oh, is what the idea was. So people could, you go outside the ring and they have free game at you. Yeah. Which okay, it's okay. I was a baby face, so they're, they're more <laughs> likely to tag the heel. But ah, they still tagged you too. Right. That wasn't the worst part about this match. The worst part was it's the fans bring uh, the weapons match, and uh-huh. a lot of these companies they're really supposed to check that stuff. Yeah. Um, and go through it and make sure, okay, this is something we could actually use. Okay, this is a little too dangerous, you know. Yeah. Uh, they put something inside. I don't think they truly checked, which was a – do you know those pool noodles that have, like, like a dragon head at the end of it? Okay, Like, yeah. it's it's something now. It's a Walmart trope. Someone uh-huh. had taken one of those, and they had replaced the little spikes on the back with uh, real wine glasses. <laughs> um. Oh. Uh, my opponent did not know this. Uh, what they were real? He thought they were like the plastic ones or something. Yeah, yeah. Um, he so I roll them in. I come in and he uh, he ducks a clothesline from me and then grabbed it and hit me with it. Well, 
real wine glasses um Ooh. one stabbed into my back oh no oh like the like the stem it went pretty it went about <sighs> it went about i want to say four inches uh down and then about uh an inch and a half deep oh wow but uh it was it was very bad. I had to go to the hospital for it, but yeah, I I didn't know in the moment how bad it was. Yeah. Um, the referee's like, "Hey, man, your back is gushing." I'm like, "Oh, it's okay." And I <laughs> proceeded to wrestle for uh, ten minutes. <laughs> oh 10 wow. Minutes, and uh, <laughs> and I get to the back, and uh, my wife is just screaming at me. She's like, "We gotta go to the hospital. We go to the hospital." I'm like, "No, no, just glue it shut or something. Don't worry." And then someone took a picture of it, and I was like, "Oh, oh, oh, oh. okay, <laughs> yep, yeah, yep." That's bad, and yeah. that that right there, probably now the most scariest thing. And you know, obviously there are there are things that are like, okay, here's a plane of glass. You know, that looks kind of scary. Yeah. Or someone comes in with a, a makeshift knife knife board for you to use, and I'm like, okay, maybe not. Right. Um, but I think it, it's the element of you don't know what is out there. Right. With the fans bring the weapons thing. Yeah. And I I hate that stipulation. And then now that's it just scares the heck out of me because I'm like, okay, are you really checking what they're bringing in? Yeah. Yeah. So I actually had a friend who told a story. Uh, it was a match that he went to. I, I don't even remember what the company was, but they had a one of the stipulations for like the main event was fans bring their own uh, weapon. Yeah. And this one just cracks me up. It was right around the same <laughs> time as that Twisted T video came out where the guy slapped the guy across oh, the face. Oh, okay. And somebody duct taped a Twisted T to the end of a uh, axe handle. Oh my god. Yeah. And so they act but I guess they actually used it in the match. <laughs> oh brave soul, brave soul. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. So that, that whenever you say bring your own uh weapon, that's that's the first thing that comes to mind for me is a twisted T. That's intense. That's pretty yeah. intense there. But like I don't know. If I saw that, I'd get a big pop out of it. <laughs> <laughs> So I know you said that uh, doing the death matches, it's not, you know, it's not as much uh, stress on your body because you're not taking as many bumps and stuff. But I, dealing with knowing that you're going to have, you know, something happen, you're going to bleed, yeah. you know. Um, do you have like a certain way of preparing for these matches um, beforehand? Is there something different that you do to prepare for those compared to, say, a regular match? Yes, I would say. Uh, so I... <laughs> I uh I'll take this this stuff called BC powder. Yeah. Um which is the, you know the the powdered headache medicine. Uh I'll take about two of those cuz it obviously helps with thinning in the blood. Yeah. But uh, I'll I'll do that and I'll uh I'll do like an energy drink to drink it down. <laughs> it's it's like <laughs> kind of like here we go. We're going yeah. for this. But um you know uh, it's like I'll put on some music. I'll listen to some really like something that'll get me intense going. Yeah. A lot of it is video game or anime, like music, but metal. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just going to get myself hyped. <laughs> and then I, I'll, I'll like, all right, I'm ready to go. Um, You know, a, a lot of things with deathmatch wrestling is uh, there's definitely a level of trust with your opponent. Right. And a level of consent. And yes. I, I, I'd say a lot of times, you know, you get to those points where you really trust them to take care of you on those things. Yeah. Um, it, it sometimes comes across as a lot less stressful than a normal match. Yeah. Because you're like, I trust them totally with all this. Right. 
or or you're tricking yourself into thinking it's old trust <laughs> because there are there's going to be glass being flung around here in a minute or you're going to be landing <laughs> on some thumbtacks yeah <laughs> i'd say adrenaline definitely gets you through those matches though like never in the moment does something really hurt i'll say that <laughs> <laughs> now now afterwards i i always call it the angry shower um, oh if, especially when you have glass in your back yeah uh, it, it's it's definitely you're you're like oh this this sucks this sucks <laughs> That's the worst part. I would say that's the worst part of death matches is the angry shower the once angry you get home afterwards. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because of that hot water just hitting those wounds. Yeah. Oh can, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I can imagine that. And the the way you described that, it, something came to mind, and uh, I apologize for this, but no, no. <laughs> is there a safe word that you guys have to give each other? <laughs> that's hilarious. No, 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 no safe words. Thankfully. Uh, <laughs> You know, actually, it's kind of funny. I, I have a, a friend. Uh, her, her name's Sawyer Wreck. I worked her in a, a intergender death match. Okay. It was our first first time meeting each other. We became friends almost immediately just because uh, just goofing off and everything. Yeah. But I told her before the match, if you forget anything or you're like like in pain or anything, I'm going to talk to you like yeah. Dusty Rhodes. <laughs> okay. So, so there's a spot in the match. She throws a boot. I catch it. I hit her in the face with the knee. She's supposed to sell to the corner, and then I'm supposed to like – Hit her, hit her with a strike in the corner, but she didn't sell that way. So then yeah. I had to get her up in position. She's like, oh, I saw it. I forgot. And I just am like kind of looking down. My hair's in my face, so you can't really see my mouth moving. And I just start saying, all right, baby, that's okay. We're going to get this going here, baby. Don't worry about it. And she just like broke. And she's like, I'm going to punch you in the crotch. I swear to God. <laughs> and then the rest of the match, we're just goofing off. And that being said, we're still bleeding everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> But I, I don't know. I, I just I wouldn't say it was a safe word, but I definitely like to calm people down if they're getting a little stressed in those things. Yeah. Oh, and I gotta say you're dusty spot on, man. Oh, thank you, thank you. I, I don't a lot of car rides with a lot of people just doing dusty roads at each other. I don't know. It's <laughs> it's really silly. I love Dusty. I love him so much. Oh, dusty yeah. and Terry Funk are the ones we always imitate each other in the in the car rides, I'd say. Well, they have very uh, they both have unique voices, so you know. Yes. And yes. it's it's funny, Terry. Man, for being such a being in such violent matches and stuff, he had a very soft voice. Oh yeah, yeah. So you know that went that always kind of amused me. You know, he's like this badass in the ring. You know, and even when he's in WWE, he was carrying a, a chainsaw around. You know, so and then you hear his voice, you're like, wait a minute, that doesn't go with the guy he's that really I've seen. Unassuming guy. Yeah. Oh, don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. If you ever get a chance, um. Uh, it's an older Art of Wrestling episode with Cole Cabana from years ago. He had Mikey Whipwreck on there. Okay. Mikey Whipwreck does the best Terry Funk impersonation because he has all these Terry Funk stories that he tells on episode. Yeah. I don't know. It's probably from 2000 and I don't know, maybe 2013 at this time. But if you ever oh, get a okay. chance and want to listen to a really funny old podcast, it's just it's listening to him do terry funk impersonations and telling the story of how terry funk got him a job is some of the funniest <laughs> stuff in the world <laughs> i'm gonna have to look that up that sounds really good i love listening to a lot of those uh older wrestling podcasts and stuff going yeah. back and deep dive so yeah i'll definitely do that oh yeah so your music who is that actually that is prophecy of vinya they're a uh, a russian uh folk metal band okay okay that i like the way it sounded troy, troy okay yeah, it's uh, it's it's literally a song, literally describing the Battle of Troy. Obviously, I've edited it to 
meet my uh, everything else for my gimmick and everything. Right. That's me yelling at the beginning. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> and then, of course, it, it's a few bars into the song already. So. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, you you've got to get it just right. You know, I know that from doing this. You know, you don't use the whole song you use parts of what you need you know yes, to yeah. fit what you're trying to do so yeah no i totally get that um i really like the way it sounded though and so i was like man i've got to find out who that is you know because i love i don't just listen to american metal music i love metal from like all around the world you know and yeah. so uh, hearing that song i was like man that's that's a really cool sounding song so i'll like, actually send you the uh, the normal version here over uh over facebook here in a bit i'll show you that okay so, yeah i'll send you that no worries awesome thank you yeah absolutely so there, something that was going on on facebook that i kind of wanted to ask you about because i've seen oh, yeah. so many people post about this and you're one of them who has posted about it what what is up with the brick savage posts that are going <laughs> on right now okay okay so <laughs> so brick savage got some uh, uh a little bit of public heat he's had it a few times but uh he got it for a match he did a year ago with a guy named uh, uh, Chris Carter, where uh, Chris was letting himself get ragdolled on a power uh-huh. bomb, like okay. multiple power bombs. The old okay. Chris Jericho gimmick, and Chris is just—he's a little reckless. I'll be honest. Um, he just <laughs> loves—he—I he, don't know—he doesn't feel pain or something. I don't know. Chris is a weird guy. But <laughs> uh, Dutch Mantel um, found that video and and talked about it on on everything. It was trying to make a uh a hashtag of unsafe <laughs> so everyone started chiming in and having their own funny uh some some real some not uh mine totally real he ate so much chicken parmesan in the back of my van and it was a an hour and a half drive i don't know how he kept doing it he just kept pulling out tubs of it but <laughs> i just i i was like how how are you doing this much and you're gonna wrestle what is this <laughs> I don't know. I, I love to give Brick crap. I love to. They he they're a they're a good guy. Yeah. Uh, just just a a, a a secret teddy bear. They yeah. probably would get mad at me if I heard me say that. But Brick, <laughs> uh, big scary teddy bear. Yeah. Not, yeah. not nothing to be scared. Of. I I I fake bully Brick all the time. I'd be like, okay. "What are you doing?" And this this huge man. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's fun. Oh, that's great. So uh, yeah. Anybody listen who's been wondering about that on uh, Facebook? There's the answer. <laughs> yes, yes. So we're coming, kind of coming up close to a close here, and I do have just a few more questions for you. Sure, sure. Um, do you have any advice for somebody who is maybe just starting out? I, I always tell everyone, uh, ears open, eyes, sh- uh, you know, mouth shut. Yeah, ears open and mouth shut. There, listen to advice from people. Yeah. Uh, that being said. I always have guys come up to me who are like, Hey, I want to start, you know, wrestling training. What do you want me to do? I would say always, uh, work on your cardio first. Yeah. Uh, if you, before you go to wrestling school, definitely it's, it's, oops, sorry. Um, it is essential to, yeah. you know, the muscles will come in time, you know, but get yourself, you know, re- ready to do drills and stuff. That way you're, you're ready for it. And, uh, you're not sucking air. Right. But, okay. uh, also, I would say though, like with new guys, I I really like helping the new guys a lot. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of times it can be intimidating to be in new locker rooms, especially you know when you go across states. Yeah. And uh, you know, like a lot, a lot of guys aren't. Sometimes you have older guys who aren't nearly as welcoming. But yeah. I I always try to be like, hey man, you know, where are you from? Well, who trained you? Like you know, 
try to try to let them let them feel comfortable right so i would always say like with new guys just like expect you know like maybe some cold shoulders sometimes but it's not it's not really you know like this isn't forever people are going to warm up to you right it might be a little hard at first and some people might be a little cold but it's not forever yeah so do you have anything coming up that maybe you want to announce or talk about sure actually i have a few more shows for the end of the year i'm gonna take christmas off i'm yeah. looking forward to that oh my god <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it's very nice to uh be like okay this it's, it's coming up i get to relax <laughs> um no i i have uh coming up this uh saturday i'll be at mpx actually um, okay i'm gonna be working for them a few times coming up here before the end of the year working for them uh this saturday in bedford mm-hmm. and then again uh on the 9th in bedford as well Okay. In Texas, but for Texas. Uh, and then I have, of course, uh, PWF is going to be running their uh, Texas showcase in uh, in December on the 2nd. I'll be working uh, on that show. Mm-hmm. And then uh, at the very end of the year, Wrestle Rave is doing one last show uh, on the 16th where I'll be wrestling uh, a brawler, Chris Morrison, in a death match. And I'm looking forward to that one. But uh, those are the last ones I got coming up here, man. And then it's. Uh, a little bit of a break and then we're going to get right back to it in the beginning of the year. Awesome. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm actually going to take a break myself. Uh, uh, this is the last recording I'm doing this month. And then, um, I'm taking the last two weeks off of December. So I still got stuff that's going to be coming out for the show. It's just, I won't be recording anything. (laughs) Little break for yourself. I like it. Yeah. My wife was like, you need to do that this year. I was like, okay, yeah, I'll do that. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I guess, I guess I'll do that one. (laughs) I guess. Yeah. (laughs) So if people want to follow you, how can they do that? Yes. Um, you can follow me on, uh, obviously, I have a Facebook account, Dmitry Alexandrov, uh, but uh, Instagram, Dmitry underscore Alexandrov. Uh, I have a Twitter account, Dmitry Kilbear. <laughs> All, All right. I guess, I guess it's X now. I'm sorry. Twitter is, <laughs> is going to be forever ingrained in my brain. But yes. uh, on the X, you can find me at uh, Dmitry Kilbear. <laughs> um, and then, of course, uh, I, ha- I have a YouTube account. I just put some matches on there. It, it is what I can get. I'll try to find some more matches that are uh, just kind of like lost in the ether that I'm putting out there now. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, and of course, I have a big cartel. Uh, it's uh, Dimitri Alexandrov at Big Cartel. Uh, currently doing a pre-order right now. It might be it might be gone by the time it is, but I have uh, merch up there. I have new baseball tees. Okay. Uh, and of course, some old uh, some old t-shirts as well, stickers and uh, koozies. Yeah. Oh, cool. All right. So do you have any uh, final thoughts before I get you off of here? No, man, this has been great. A lot of fun. Uh, honestly, I do a lot of these podcasts, and there are sometimes it's like, okay, we're struggling here. We got to get through this, though. Yeah. And I would firmly say that, like, uh, this has been one of the funnest ones I've been on, and it's been a pleasure, man. Awesome. Well, man, I've uh, really enjoyed having you on here, too. And, uh, yeah, maybe here soon I'll be able to actually see you wrestle in person and stuff. And uh, Yeah, man, I would love to be up there. Of course. Yeah. I, I, you know, uh, Maybe a Diamond State, we'll see, man. Yeah, that, you never know, man. <laughs> yeah, never know. I'm popping up everywhere. Oh, yeah. All right, man. Well, you have a great night, and I will talk to you next time. All right, thank you for having me, man. All right, bye-bye. Riddle me this. What do you get when you get three Paranger fans who also write Paranger fan fictions and upload them on separate podcasts and YouTube channels, and you happen to put the three of them together, and they form a unique Paranger storyline? 
here's your answer. You get the three Ranger Bros, who is myself, Ty Tiger, the Red Corner Ranger, Mark, and the Cosplay Dude 637. We are the three Ranger Bros, and we came up with the idea called Power Rangers Global, a storyline where four different Rangers from different universes team up to save Universe 2118, a universe ruled by the gods. Now, if you want to hear Power Ranger Global, you can find it on Tiger Tales, the YouTube channel, and Nerds Through Comics, the podcast. And you can find that podcast anywhere that podcast can be listened to. So, one more time, that's Power Rangers Global on Tiger Tales, the YouTube channel, and Nerds Through Comics, the podcast. Hi everyone, I'm Lisa. And I'm Dawn. And if you've ever watched a TV show and thought to yourself, oh my god, that season finale plot twist was absolutely bonkers. Or seen a movie and thought, wow, I need to talk to somebody about this train wreck immediately. Then we think you'll fit right in with our podcast, I Hate It, Let's Watch It. We watch TV shows like Riverdale and Emily in Paris. And movies like Deep Water, Killer Sofa, Rubber, and Deadly Illusions. And we give them the total rinse they deserve. It's basically group therapy for movie masochists. So come check us out wherever you stream podcasts. All right, everybody, I hope that you enjoyed that episode with Dmitry Alexandrov. He was a ton of fun to talk with, and uh, like I said, talking to him, I can't wait to see him wrestle in person and maybe get him back here on the show. I think he would be a great guest to bring back on to talk more about some nerdy stuff. You know, I think uh, that'd be a lot of fun. Um, So next week's episode, I'll be announcing who is on here real soon. So uh, just make sure that you stay tuned uh, to all of the social media so you can see who will be on the show next. But I do want to give a shout out to my podcast networks, the OIW Podcast Network, the Zeo to Hero Podcast Network, and the Avenue Podcast Network. While you're waiting for the next episode of If You Give a Data Podcast, make sure that you go out there, follow these guys, Follow some of these other podcasts that are on there. That way you have other stuff to listen to while you're waiting on a new episode of iGadapp. Also, I do have merch out. Um, If you guys want a t-shirt to represent your favorite dad podcast, then make sure that you hit me up for that. Um, I do have more t-shirts that are coming out soon. I have two designs that will be coming out. I'm hoping to have them out before the end of the year. That way, uh, if you guys want one, you can get one of those. I also have stickers and all kinds of other things. Uh, My wife makes all of this for me. She has her own side hustle called Cups and Teas by Stacia. She makes all kinds of great um, shirts and hats and you name it, she can do it. If you need something made, go make sure that you hit her up for it. She does tumblers. Um, She also creates a lot of the t-shirts and stuff that you'll be seeing in Diamond State Wrestling. Uh, So just, you know, hit her up. If you need something made, she's a good place to get it. I'll have a link to her stuff in my show notes, and you can get my merch from her. Um, I'll also have, you know, stuff on my different social media pages that you can contact me through to get uh, a t-shirt or whatever it is that you're wanting from me. So make sure that you're following me on social media so that you can get a hold of this merch. I also want to say thank you to Decure for creating my ending theme song for me. He is an amazing guy who made this amazing song for me. And if you like the way that it sounds, make sure that you go out there and follow him as well. 
want to say thank you to Original Geek Comics for allowing me to be part of their Paladin comic book. They gave me a full-length ad in there, so I just want to continue to say thank you to them. So they recently got the funding that they needed to come out with um, edition number three of, of the Vengeance comic book. And so thank you to any of my listeners that helped support that. Um, I will have a link to all these people's stuff in my show notes. also want to give a shout-out to Diamond State Wrestling. I am the backstage correspondent for them for their live shows. So uh, make sure that you go out there if you want to keep up to date with the things that are going on in Diamond State Wrestling. Go and follow their YouTube page. Uh, I was part of the Rare Cut, kind of got that started, and now it is Jamie and Jake who do that. It is a weekly, sometimes bi-weekly show that keeps you up to date with everything that is going on in Diamond State Wrestling. The next show will be January 28th, and uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. Hope you guys that are in this area can come out to that show but make sure that you're following Diamond State Wrestling, and you can get your tickets at diamondstatewrestling.com. So you've heard me talk about social media on here, and hey, follow me on there and all this stuff. But if you're not already doing that, make sure that you go out and do that right now. Just go to any of them and type in, if you give a data podcast and search bar, and I should come up. Um, I'm on just about every single one of them. I try to make sure that everybody has an easy way to find me. Also, if you want to send me an email, send it to giveadatapodcast at gmail.com. I look forward to hearing from each and every one of you. Also, make sure that you rate and review this episode. Uh, Let me know what you think of it. Like it, share it, subscribe to my channels on here. Uh, Hit the notification bell. That way, whenever a new episode comes out, you are aware that it is out. Um, But the more people that rate and review this, the more likely I am to be... Um, recommended to somebody new. And the more people that listen to this, the better. You know, uh, I, I love creating these shows for you guys. So make sure that you go out there and tell me how I'm doing. Give me a five-star review. If you don't think it's five-star, give me whatever you think that it deserves. But um, yeah, make sure that you go out there and rate and review this show. So we've come to the end of another episode of If You Give a Data Podcast. And uh, it's been a lot of fun. I have really enjoyed this week's guest, he was a lot of fun to talk to. He, uh, uh, I mean, as you heard, we got to hear a Dusty Rhodes impression and a Terry Funk impression. So he was a highly entertaining guest. And uh, like I said, I am looking forward to having him back on. And I'm looking forward to all the guests that will be coming in the coming year. Uh, I know we're in the final month and I've got just a few more episodes that will be coming out. You might hear... Maybe a week break at the end, but I, I do have something planned uh, for maybe an early episode for the week before Christmas, uh, maybe that weekend or something. So I, I'm still in the works with that, but um, I hope that you guys have a great holiday. And if you guys don't listen to any more of these until the first of the year, I hope you have great holidays. Have a great time, safe time. I love you guys. But it is time for Billy's favorite part of the episode, and that is... Dad joke of the week. What does a gingerbread man put on his bed? A cookie sheet. (laughs) Jared's dad joke of the week? More like Jared's lame duck of the week. Oh my God, this is so bad to listen to. All right, you guys. I love you. I hope that you have a wonderful week. And I will see you next time. Bye.
podcast on He calls us beautiful people Then tells us who we have on The best part of my day Though we're blocked out in my pods Tell my friends all about it So that they follow along And the host is kinda nerdy But guess what I am as well I don't feel so alone And I began walking out of my shell Heard a story I need a connection I haven't felt I'll be looking for the next one Tell then farewell It's the podcast for me Have it on better go see This podcast is part of the OIW Podcasting Network. All right, cool, sweet, baby Jesus. Okay, cool.